to the my funny friends podcast oh it's getting crisp out there but it's oh, gonna be hot in here fall weather i love I did it like that i I, I I that was nice i like what you thank did you. you did the, the thing anyway i am your <laughs> i am one of your t- <laughs> i am one of your two hosts will abels and with me the always fall ready I, I I assume you prefer the fall. That's my I favorite like that. season. Yeah. You get football, Mr. hoodie football, season. Hoodie give season. Me, give me hoodie and some football. That's all I need in life. You can keep rocking your sweatpants. Mr. Hey, fall. Joggers. Okay. Joggers is joggers. I'm sorry. They're, they're, they're outdoors. They're, they're socially acceptable sweatpants. Thank you very much. Did you, did you ever own uh, flannel lined jeans? No, that's way too hot. Big dudes can't wear those. Yeah, me? I tried to wear. I I had those as a kid, and I tried to wear them in the summer, not knowing what flannel was. Learned my lesson that, that toasty. way. Toasty. Yeah. Anyway, my co-host, Mister Fall himself, Drew Harrison. Mister Fall, I like that. Thank you, buddy. How you doing? Yeah, it's like it's like uh, who's what's the baseball movie with uh, the guy with the mustache? Mister. Oh, Mister October. Mister October. You. Yeah. This is our equivalent of Mister October. You're Mister okay. Fall. I'm, oh, okay. Nice. That's awesome. I'll yeah. take that. What's, Thank you, sir. What's my nickname that you thought of off the cuff? Yeah, I got nothing. Mr. Bird it down. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Throw a chair at a bar. Uh, I didn't throw it. I picked it up. We st- we stopped you from throwing. We stopped it. There was prevention. Yeah, yeah. But we digress because we, we digress. have a fantastic guest with us this week. We both met her at the same time, I believe, in mm-hmm. Atlanta. And she uh, blew us away with her comedy very made it very difficult for anyone to follow her so mm-hmm. you just one of those people that you see on stage and you just you stop what you're doing and pay attention and yeah. you don't see that a lot in in comics you're just like ah, i'll be in the back of the room talking to people i know but she made it very difficult uh the very funny the very talented and also musically gifted jamie shriner everybody jamie how you doing Hello. That was so nice. Thank you. I'm doing well. How are y'all doing? Good. Thank you for uh, joining Good. us today. Oh, thank you for having me. I, I am also excited about fall, not because of football. I got to be honest. I don't, I don't know anything yeah. about football, but I like the snacks. I'm glad oh, Rihanna's same. doing the Super Bowl. We can Bowl. bond over I'm, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Rihanna at the Super Bowl is going to be so good. Curing my depression for a while here. Yeah. Well, okay. If you're co- if you're coordinating the whole thing, what song do you hit us with first? Oh man, first I think it would be. I was saying I think that she's got to do. Please don't stop the music. But I was talking to my friend Beckett, who's another comedian in Chicago, and Beckett said I don't think that Disturbia or Please Don't Stop the Music are must dos. And I was like, well, okay, okay. Please Don't Stop the Music was like her breakout mm-hmm. hit. Like her well, first her intro. I was gonna say umbrella's gotta, gotta be the closer. Somewhere. You think yeah. Jay Z pops umbrella. up? That would be pretty. That would be pretty cool. You gotta yeah, have so a surprise pretty... every now and then. 
I think also, I mean, part of like my comedy brain is like, wouldn't it be fun if like Andy Samberg popped out and they did Shirani? But that's just like not for anyone but me. So that's not going to happen. I would love that. That would be fantastic though. Shirani. But I feel like the the TikTok generation would lose their minds. (laughs) It'd be just content for, well, about a week, but you know. Just two days. Two days. Got it. Which is years in, in that world. literally uh well jamie we always like to kick it off with where and when did you start stand-up comedy where chicago illinois and when well okay i'm full of crap i (laughs) (laughs) I like how you called yourself out immediately like nope yeah okay i wanted to okay the first mic i ever did was in glasgow scotland but it was very much just like i got dared by my so i did my master's in scotland and i kind of it was like on a dare with some friends they were like get up and do the mic um and i did and it was bad so i would say like i count (laughs) i count chicago as when i started taking it seriously okay and that was in i think 2017 okay yeah it's like 2017 i think is when i really started taking it seriously in chicago and i i mainly started because i i kept doing the the, the, there's a showcase in chicago that is since defunct called shithole rest in peace i um it's one of my yeah r.i.p shithole but um it was like a (laughs) di it was it was like a diy house show and they would do it all all these different locations and i would go and i would do my songs and i think i saw some of the the stand-up acts and it kind of i just saw a lot of like people that just to me it felt like mean-spirited and like bitter and yucky and i was like oh i kind of want to do this and bring a different energy to it and definitely it was it was like an uphill battle because people did not like that very much but you can't be positive in comedy get out of here yeah Uh, those two don't go together i think i am i i'm somebody who i probably am just as depressed as anybody else but i'm like it just makes me i would rather try to bring something positive to the table just because we do live in such a shit show world right now i feel like it's just progressively getting worse and worse so it's like if i can bring something good to the table it's pretty much all i can do at this point i didn't go to school to be right. like a doctor or a, or like a like a climate change active i mean yeah you know i can donate my money but i didn't i didn't be i didn't go to college to be a scientist and i'm clearly right. from the, the conversation we had before the recording started not the brightest person so if i can <laughs> bring brightness with with my energy rather than my than my brains it's like literally the least i could do uh, well we we share that mentality so i hear you yeah. i don't why am i why i don't want you to come to a comedy show and then leave more bummed out <laughs> than, than when, you, when you got there yeah I, I i saw an old video from like 2016 and it's it because you know that's like the beginning well this light's just not going to work um so that's just that the same <laughs> one that went out on you last one yeah just, well it doesn't normally do it I'll deal with this while Drew's talking. But uh, I remember in like, I don't know, it's like 2016 was like the beginning of like just everyone just having it just kind of just just crushed down on them year after year. And, you know, then we hit 2020 and 20. But I found this like video from like 2016, 2017. 
and it was the most positive comedy I think I've ever done. <laughs> like it was silly, it was goofy, it was like non-political, non-social, really. It was just like, hey, my uh, girlfriend's got a goofy nephew, and just like, and I, I don't think I have a video with more positive laughter in it, even you know. So yeah, I think I, it's nice to have that. That's what way people want to hear right now, man. Mudgeony stuff, yeah. They don't want to think about it. They just want to laugh. And I do, like, I do have some stuff that I guess gets political, but it's like, sure. I'm very careful about when I present it and when I do it. In general, I'm like, let's just rap about cows and like sandy pussies and just be dumb. And and I just try to make it, I'd rather make fun of myself than make fun of other people. I do, I honest, honestly, I will say straight white men, straight cis white men can get these hands like i do make fun of y'all a bit as well that's fair but other than that yeah. i try not to yeah i try not to come for anybody else just because yeah. why if, if, yeah why why right, you know, why right. Do well, that? and that's why i mean a lot that's along the vein the why i don't get political myself there's enough straight white dudes <laughs> that have their hand in politics i'm just gonna stay out of it <laughs> yes, yes. And, 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 yeah and as we said before the podcast started i am i'm turning full heel in my comedy career and i'm strictly going to be the putin politics comic moving forward yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, well i know you're bummed huh? out the the republican <laughs> national convention didn't come into nashville now you could have been a featured uh act yeah well you i could just go to italy act. and do that now too yeah, yeah. yeah. oh i I do want to tell a quick anecdote of, so over the weekend, speaking of like Trump rallies or things, had my friend's wedding was in Minneapolis and at the hotel where we were all staying, who were in the bridal party, they were having a freedom rally, which oh, basically no. it's mm. all the Trump people like gather up and, and sell each other's goods and have camaraderie. And so we got back after the wedding and I've, I've been drinking all day. I was one of the bridesmaids. Um, so I'm in a pretty good job. mood yeah. and they all, a bunch of the like freedom people cram into this elevator. And so we're like, we're not going to get on it. Well, you know, like there's plenty of people in the elevator. So the doors close, I think they're gone. So I start singing and I'm proud to be really gay <laughs> and I'm really fucking gay. And right as I hit really gay, the doors are open and I don't see that they're open behind me. So I continue to like improvise more lyrics to this song <laughs> And my, my husband's just like, Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. And I look and I'm just like, but I just like laugh even harder when I see that they saw me and the door shut again. Cause I think they opened the door to like, try to generously let us get on the elevator. They're like, nope. They're like, nope, no more. And I just, that was the highlight of, well, there are many highlights of the weekend, but that to me was one of my favorite moments because Oh, I just love making those people mad because it's just like, yeah. like, why, why? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, it's, you know. Yeah, I, I like. I just love it's a freedom rally. Like, sh shut up. Way to ruin all of those words <laughs> forever. Way to ruin patriot and freedom and all of that for ever and ever and ever. If um, if Brady was still at the Patriots, I I would be very okay with patriot the phrase being ruined forever. Yeah. Well. Uh, having He's, lived in boston you know, for people forget he I wore did. a he wore a big red hat for a long time oh he did that too didn't he he did that too what a what a gem what a his guy. surgeries look great too <laughs> <laughs> all right uh get uh jamie back to you 
so were you were you a, a funny kid growing up were you like the class clown type were you the the quiet I, type like what were what was young jamie like i was a funny kid but i do think that i was funnier at school than at home i do think i had a i my sister was my original bully my older sister she was the original <laughs> the, the original big boss in the video game because yeah anytime i would do anything that now like now when i do those things it's celebrated and it's oh it's so funny when i would do it in the presence of my older sister she'd be like oh my god you're so fucking annoying like yeah, stop yeah, 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 you're yeah, fucking yeah. so i kind of definitely tried to like I tried to get rid of that part of myself because all I wanted was my older sister to like, like me and think I was cool. So I was like, Oh, I can't. But now as an adult, I'm like, Oh, she probably just didn't like that. I was pulling focus from her. So she wanted me to stop doing and saying those things. Cause I pulled focus from her, but yeah. um, definitely at school. Like I remember my English teacher and my Spanish teacher, both, it was the kind of thing I could see that they wanted to laugh, but they were like, fucking cut it out like i oh oh my english teacher i i think probably the meanest prank i ever did to her it was like the last day like of her maternity leave and now that i think about it i'm like this poor woman is probably like so hormonal pregnant i we like she had us watching a movie of the book we had read and i like ran into the hallway and like faked that i was like being ill like throwing up in the garbage can so that she would leave the classroom so that they could set up a surprise for her so it ended up being the nice in the end but i just did this whole <laughs> like dramatic act of like oh i have to like pretended to pass out like i took it too far but it's because they were like oh jamie <laughs> jamie will far. take it yeah jamie will take it too far so we have plenty of time to like set up this banner and do all this stuff nice. and she told me that she was like she's like if, if, if i wouldn't have walked back into this like you you would have been detention <laughs> yeah. at the very minimum like yeah. i would have been in serious trouble but yeah like, i would have thrown the book at you but yes, it was a sacrifice exactly. worth making a sacrifice for yeah and at I, least, I mean at least you used your 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 gift for good there you know yeah i i only really used it for bad when so there was like a there was like a few years where i went to this so I guess I should preface this story with, I was raised with no religion because my parents were like, that's a good idea. We'll just let them decide for themselves what they believe and give them no guidance. But like, because, <laughs> because I was bright and gifted, I ended up at this Lutheran middle school just for two years because there was like this, this special science class that my parents had wanted me to be in. Cause I was really good at science when I was in school, but long story short, we also had to do religion class cause it's a Lutheran school. Uh -huh. and I remember like in eighth grade my class clown got me in trouble because we're sitting there in religion class and she's like you can't even you shouldn't have sex before you're married you shouldn't even kiss before you're married or you're going to hell and I just said under my breath well I guess I'm guard like I, I was like I was like that sounds cool because I'm already there like being <laughs> in this class <laughs> and yeah I I got in really big trouble for that oh, one I but, can imagine and, they don't they don't take too kindly the jokes in the uh the religious uh classes there yes Mostly. they do not and i i mean yeah i that was just one example of the, of the many jokes i cracked in that religion class that mm. all got me write-ups i got written up like probably at least three times a week in that religion class for yes. just some retort or comment the birth of the comedy career in in religion class of all things 
you write you write me up now but one day <laughs> you'll be looking up to me in the stars <laughs> <laughs> probably not that woman was literally crazy she was like although you say I'm old not gonna... <laughs> yeah that's what she, she was she had to have died by now well, it's like i i am not a fan of calling women women crazy i don't like to do it but mm-hmm. it's just like i i'm not gonna defend a woman who is like Santa, if you rearrange the letters, it's Satan. And that's why you should never lie to your children and tell them about Santa. I was just like, I'm let so... Let kids be kids. Let kids be kids. And also, like, her children, just imagining the amount of therapy they will have to oh, invest yes. tons of money in from growing up in her household. I just... It reminds me of the mom from the Nathan Fielder show. <laughs> Oh, I haven't seen like that. literally, like Ange- Angela and the rehearsal is literally how oh, that's this fantastic. Was. You had to it's, grow up with that. Yeah, like oh man, but yeah, I mean, I and and don't get me wrong, like I I have nothing wrong with people who practice Christianity. It's when they when they use it to be judgmental and oppressive towards other groups of people because that's not what. Yeah. Like if you read, I mean. That's I had to read the Bible in school. It's yeah. it's not it's not what Jesus had in mind. Jesus no. was kicking it with the with the drug dealers and the sinners and the whores and the sick people and the homeless people. You know that that was what he was about. So if if you're not about that, then what what are we doing? What do you even? Yeah, like, what are you talking that's, about? That's what yeah. gets yeah. me because I I grew up in the church, and it just pains me to see people use it to be elitist yeah because that's not what it was for i got out of it in my teenage years because i saw you know who was behind the church and what it made people feel and i just no thank you yeah Yeah. we we had to do a uh when i was in i think it was my sophomore year in high school and we had to we were like it was like an english class and also, like, I don't know if you how, how like your public school system was, but the one I went through, like English class was just like a generic slate of like everything. Yeah, because we were doing oh, like no. we were doing debates. Like, yeah, we had to like do in debates. English class. Yeah, in English class. And yeah, they weren't we like, that. yeah, well, we, but we, so we were all assigned the topic. And this is like 2000. I'll say 2005 it was probably 2005 because i graduated yeah so yeah about 2004 2005 and we're all assigned topics and at that point uh gay marriage was being debated a lot in just like the bigger sphere of things and so they assigned it to us and i was um pro gay marriage and then my best friend was against gay marriage not the actual opinions of these 14 year olds just we were assigned this side right you were given your opinion (laughs) We were given our opinion, but luckily it was something I was always already like, even at 14, I was like, I don't see any problem with this. But I remember most of the debate, he just kept taking the Catholic standpoint and I just kept reading passages from Leviticus back to him. (laughs) And like, and like, I don't know Leviticus is the craziest part of the entire Bible where it's just like, if your neighbor eats shrimp and also like knows your wife, you can kill him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with it. It's just, I. It's funny you say that because it's like my, my school. We had you had to take a speech class, and I don't think you had to take a debate class. But it's like in your speech class, there was like a debate 
segment. So it's like speech class was like a one semester class separate from yeah. like English class. But okay. I also like I I did speech and debate, but I did poetry, which is like a category in speech where you perform poems. Mm-hmm. And so it's like like pretty much the lamest one, honestly, but I had a really <laughs> fun time. You just like dramatically read, you know, a poem. Get into it. Um, yep. Get real into it. Yeah, I had friends who were we super into debate. Yeah. yeah. But we didn't have a debate team. Like that was just yeah. like where they kind of covered it. They were just like, hey, by the way, we're just going to do this thing randomly. My and it's a unqualified English teacher in Hagerstown, Maryland. She's going to, you know, be the person that tells you whether this debate works or not and assign you all these crazy. I guess we had Ugh. enough fights. They were like, we don't want our students disagreeing about anything. We're not going to promote this. <laughs> that is wild. And that's Maryland. I feel like that's, I mean, that just sounds like the unfortunate shortcomings of the American public school system. But I think yeah, ours was in terms of our shortcomings were with all the art stuff. But I mm-hmm. think that's everywhere, unfortunately. Yeah. 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 Now you can do art yeah. anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. We took it back. Take the power back. But yes, right. you're trying to say, Drew. So you were you you did an open mic in in Scotland. Didn't go so well. So then you come back to Chicago. What got what brought you to Chicago? So I grew up in Northwest Indiana, okay. um, and so when I finished my master's, I was like it was the obvious choice to come to Chicago because it's only like an hour and a half from my parents. And I was like, just trying to get my feet under me. And I was trying to start my career as an actress because I'd gone to school for musical theater. And then, yeah, I kind of just completely pivoted and started pursuing stand-up and writing instead. Not, not because I don't like performing. I think that I don't, I didn't like other people being, being in charge of me having work. That's what bothered me about acting a lot. That all the power lies in the hands of the director or the producer of the show. And you just have to kind of go and like dance monkey dance for them. I was like, no, I would much rather make my own stuff and be in it and like be able to have a fulfilling um, creative career in that way. So that has worked out for me so far. But yeah. Now, when you first started going up in Chicago, were you doing jokes or did you go straight into the music? Like what was like early days? So early days, I would open mic with with jokes. And then if I was able to randomly book a showcase, I would do the songs at the showcase just because I learned very quickly that people hate music at open mics. Um, They are not (laughs) into it. They're pretty pissed off at you if you show up with songs. So (laughs) yeah, so I've always used open mics as a place that I work out my spoken material. Because if you're listening and you haven't, uh, seen my act or you're not familiar with my act you can watch my stuff online but it's it's just not really the same as seeing me live because i would say live it's probably sure. a pretty 50 50 split in terms of music and spoken jokes and that's yeah. you know something I've, I've very carefully worked on and crafted because i try to use you know i love making music videos for the internet but for songs that go in the set i try to make sure it's really short and quick and continues the arc of what i'm talking about i try to you know it's the theater kid in me it has a plot it has a through line it has has 
exactly, exactly. Yeah. No, you do. You're right. Yeah. When I when I got to see you in Atlanta, you did a great job of using your 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 jokes to keep going from from song to song. So yeah, that was yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. And there wasn't this like uh, I feel like a lot of times with musical comedy, there's like a lull after the song, right? And it's hard to get. So I remember I saw I saw Nick Thune a couple years ago at Caroline's, and Nick's amazing, you know. But this was like. I, I'd seen him a couple of times and this was like a later special and it just, there wasn't quite the flow that you kind of need to get from song to song. It was almost like you just sort of sat there and you're like, I yeah, he's saying something. And then it would go into the song and you're like, okay, now we're back. You know, I thought when I was watching you, you were just watching the whole act and it was very fun from start to finish whether you were singing or telling jokes or anything. Yeah. It was very entertaining. Well, and I appreciate that so much because that's something that I've, that I've really, you know, worked towards. And that's part of, why I'm so grateful to be in Chicago. Cause I think in Chicago, if I didn't have the chops to just get up and do it without the music, people wouldn't have given me a chance and taken me seriously. Yeah. I think that that's um, kind of the, the, the vibe of here. It's like, people saw I could do the songs and they were like, okay, cool. You got the songs, but can you do what we do? Can you do it without the songs? And it really, it really kind of just pushed me and motivated me because all the musical comedians that I love and admire, their songs are amazing. But I, I do feel that, yeah, with the, with the live show, it's song, little story, another song. So I was like, how can I make this like I don't I don't take right. my foot off the gas the whole time. I wanted it to be that like I never. It's like, a great way to put the it. The audience is in a chokehold almost. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like where are you going? It's, Nowhere. Right. Like you're you're doing a musical comedy act, not a musical black like so like instead of the like so this next one's a little song that i wrote about this and then you know it's like no nah, i got a whole thing to tell you yeah 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 and i've got and a I transition kinda... from this song to this song and it's going to be jokes along the way so, yeah. and i and i'm trying to because i guess my this is going to be my first time actually saying this publicly so i'm a little nervous oh, to say okay. this but um exclusive 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 uh information so i actually am going to be recording my first comedy album yes um in oh. april of next year and so awesome. I, something Congrats. yeah i something i thank you i'm very excited but something I've, I've really really kind of been trying to crystallize right now over the next few months is how can i make sure that each of these moments are kind of bringing themselves back to, to a bigger picture, a bigger bottom line, a bigger point. And I mm -hmm. think that I'm well on my way to doing that. It's just these last few like callback jokes that I'm kind of trying to fine tune right now for the end of the show. Right. Yeah. yeah. It is, it is crazy yeah. how you, until you get into the thick of it, you don't think about an overall theme but then you definitely put that album out there and you're like, Oh, there clearly is an overall theme. I didn't even right. see it. Yeah, I guess my brain theme. put it that way. I got the opportunity to work out my hour at the caravan earlier this month. Oh, and cool. A few of my, a few of my friends are in the audience and they were like, Oh, your, your thing is totally all about like overcoming your childhood trauma. And I was like, <laughs> and, then I, yeah. and then I look, I look back at myself and I'm like, damn it like it makes me mad but that is a, that is a lot of what i'm talking about so. yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's look back at the notes like oh okay I, yeah it's so funny when you don't because you're like i'm just joking these are jokes and then i i had that happen in right before the country show i was doing like i was running my hour on a road run and i was in pensacola in january 2020 and i did my hour and this woman came up to me 
crying. <laughs> she was like, I loved your story. I went through the same thing when I went through this breakup, like gaslighting's horrible. And I'm so glad that you were able to find the humor in that. And I was like, wait, I was gaslit. That's what that is. <laughs> like, I, like, <laughs> I was like, I had no idea. I, I like, I've heard this term. I didn't know, know. That, that's what was happening. Yeah. It's so funny when that happens when the audience is way more into it, like more in tune. Find, with it they find it more, more depth to it than you do. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah, and that's like, because even my friend was like, well, yeah, you make this joke, and you make this joke, and you make this joke about these things that happened to you when you're a kid, and how that's <laughs> yeah. why you're funny now. And I was like, well, I didn't inherently say that, but like, <laughs> fuck, like that's exactly what. Like I'm I see, about. I see how you drew the lines there. I, okay, I yeah, get, I get, I get enough. Yeah, you're on stage like every time after that, just like, did they think this now? Did they think this? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I I also know what you're saying about the callbacks because that becomes an interesting thing to try and work out because you can't really do that in a 10 minute set. I mean, you can like you can 100 percent do it, but it just never quite yeah, lands two, the way like, it two does. Two jokes back to back. Yeah, and so it's funny to try and like uh, like when you're working on like a longer set like that, working on an album, like trying to figure out how to get the callbacks in there and just work them in, or just trust it and be like that'll that'll work. It'll be fine. It'll yeah. be great. Yeah. And I like, just because of my musical theater background, I really want my last song to be a sort of like mega mix of all the songs. Like, you know, when you go to a musical oh, yeah, and yeah, everyone yeah. and everyone's clapping it on their feet and it's like, it's just, you hear little snippets from all the songs from the show over again. I'm trying oh, that's to a really good idea. Oh, that, craft that oh. right now. So Ooh. it won't like. That's I'm gonna fun. have an actual. I'm gonna have an actual closing number, and that's the one that's that's really kind of eating me alive right now because I've I've always closed with so small, and I think it's a funny song, but it's like I don't want my last song to be a, a small penis joke. Like I want it to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want it to be something that's more, you know, more reflective of me and reflective of what I've been talking about the whole time, and and definitely so small is is a hit, even though. I'd say it's probably the song I feel most guilty about because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings with my comedy. And that one is a feeling hurter. But yeah. um, well, that's kind yeah. of you to feel sorry for the small <laughs> groups. Well, I mean, yeah, community. It's like, somebody made the point to me that it's like if somebody made jokes about women being overweight and you were sitting in the audience, it would make you sad. I was like, I, it really wouldn't make me sad because it's like I'd just be like, well, this is who I am. And I love myself so i know you know on the other side of things it can be hurtful but it's like if you listen to the song the joke is more about the guy talking shit and saying that he was gonna like fuck shit up and then like not being able to get an erection <laughs> yeah. it's more yeah, about yeah. being a liar it's more yeah, about being a liar see, than like yeah nobody so shouldn't nobody feel would bad care. About come on yeah and, no, and nobody nobody cares about your penis size if you're honest about it. what we're bothered by as you about. know women who date women who date cis men or just people who date cis men i think that what what bothers what is bothersome is 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 just uh dishonesty that's fair there we go jamie i was going to ask you who were some of your uh influences were there like comedic influences you had or i mean was it okay, one of these I things like, like you started doing it and then you were like oh they do that they do that okay i'll watch that so I think people probably would guess that I do like Bo Burnham a lot. He's uh, okay. definitely an inspiration, a hero of mine. I think when when Inside came out, I literally 
had this conflicting feeling of like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And I literally want to not be alive if I can't make something this good. <laughs> like it, it really, you know, kind of like inspired me and motivated me in a way that, I mean, it just makes me sick how good that is. And I know that it's not for everyone, but like for the people who get it, really get it. And that's, I mean, it's subjective. So that's how anything is. Uh, mm-hmm. So Bo, I love Leslie Jones, Time Machine. That's a special I love a lot. I love just in all of her specials. I love how physical she is. Yamanika Sanders. I know she was uh, just shit. on, she was just oh, on the comics, the Vulture comics to watch list. I was like, you guys haven't been watching? Like what? You know what I mean? Like that was one where that's... I'm like, yeah it's so funny to me when people pop up on that list like three years too late (laughs) yeah Yeah. i feel like she's she's one of those for me i was like what too much i've been watching like i that yeah every year that list comes out and i'm like wait a minute that person's literally they've been on comedy central they have a netflix half hour like what are you talking about people are watching yeah that's a weird list i I never yeah i never agree with it it's always like someone who i'm like well or it's something like that where it's like they're fantastic and everyone knows their name now like what are you talking about love i mean yeah i'd say chicago-based marilee is my favorite it's just um she's somebody that like i've watched her do the same jokes and they've been different every time i don't know how she just she makes things new every time and like for example i she was kind enough to ask me to feature for her when she headlined zanies for the first time in chicago this past summer awesome. and i was watching her and i was so drawn in and it's like it's like you said drew a lot of times we're not really watching we're in the back talking but i was so yeah. drawn in that when it came to an hour i was like it's already been an hour like yeah. I, I that's amazing it yeah yeah it didn't feel like it had been that long she's incredible to me um i'm trying to think rachel bloom i love crazy ex-girl that's like a really fun show and then uh, james akister is um, he's a british comedian yeah. he is to me just so clever i he, if, if you have netflix he is one he just put out it's like four different hours in one seat like it's like you search james and you click it and he's got four unique hours that he did yeah. like all across my buddy mitchell was telling me about him how he, he oh, okay. me on that he did four different hours. i was like what huh yeah I, that he, sounds familiar he did that a while ago that's not like brand new right yeah oh and i will I, I one other one i want to throw in is so like it, i actually just got to work with randy Feltface. Yeah. Uh, okay. at the den but he's very inspirational to me in terms I of like Randy he's a he's a puppet he's yeah. doing crowd work as a puppet yeah he's got like i i opened for him in indianapolis in may and then i i did the shows with him in chicago this weekend and it was a new hour that's fantastic it was a whole new hour <laughs> wow. like wow any anybody who can just work that fast and with and with that attention to detail just yeah hats off to them i wish i could do what you do i, I just love I randy felt face because no one cares he's a puppet he's that mm-hmm. he's so good no one cares just like no he's just hilarious yeah and and it's just like it's funny to me because it's like i saw randy do his show randy writes a writes a novel at edinburgh fringe when i was doing my masters and that was before i properly started doing stand-up we had that one bad mic under the belt, <laughs> but I remember being so excited by what I saw because it was, it was the, the most 
funny show I'd seen the whole week and it wasn't mm-hmm. a person. Like, you know what I mean? It kind of just, yeah. it, it, and I think that when people, you know, see my act and, and they like how unique it is and how it's its own thing, I, I owe a lot of that to the fact that I saw Randy before I started doing stand-up because it really kind of, it did to me create this this vision in my mind of what my act would be. And when people kind of pushed back and they were like, no, you need to be this to be stand-up, I was kind of just like, no, fuck you. Like stand-up yeah. can be so many things and I've seen so it be things. so many things that I, yeah. So I think that that was definitely an inspirational um, moment for me and definitely... I wouldn't be wouldn't be as as weird and and doing my thing if I hadn't seen that and seen yeah. it was possible. Yeah, yeah. See how yeah. successful it can be. That other people yeah. can get on board with you not doing the standard traditional. Mm-hmm. Sit down, tell a joke. Exactly. Well, that's yeah. That's always kind of the. I mean, I was told. I've, I've I know I've said this in the podcast before, but it this was something that was told to me very very early on, like within my first like five to ten times on stage. Is that the idea is like you just you think you want to make a hundred percent of the audience laugh, but really you want to pay attention to like the ten or twelve people that are doubled over in laughter, because as you continue in comedy, those people become fans, and then you get you know you get up to thirty percent of them are your audience, to fifty, to eventually the hundred where you're selling out the theater and everyone's there because you have their type of humor that they're looking for, you know. Exactly. Yeah, it's finding your your crowd and. Yeah. One more person that I'm realizing I left out and I would like to mention very quickly is sure. Beth Stelling. Beth Stelling oh, is Beth's, amazing. Beth sure. Stelling is amazing. Yeah. And I've, I've got to see, I've been fortunate enough to see Beth a few times now, but the one that really stands out to me in my mind is we had her do a special Chicago underground comedy show. And it's this big rock and roll room. It's really hard to to command that space just because these high ceilings and the stage Mm -hmm. is so elevated. And Beth just, and she said after the fact, she's like, well, I'm really tired. That was why I did that. But she just sat down in the chair and was like, I'm just going to get, I'm going to get on you guys' level. I can't see you. So let me, you know, she asked somebody in the audience to hand her a chair and she just sat down so that she was at eye level with everybody. and just and just destroy it and i normally i've never seen anybody sit down in a way that was not like i'm sitting down it was just in a way of like Uh, yeah it wasn't like the um stool stool seat yeah yeah it was literally just like this is where i'm at today i'm really tired you guys clearly all over the place because this is a disjointed weird experience so i'm gonna meet you where you're at you're gonna meet me where i'm at and i'm gonna take you on this ride and it was just like it was just cool to see somebody do that and yeah, command a room yeah. in such a yeah in such a low-key way yeah mm-hmm. yeah I, oh man i <clears throat> i loved seeing her in wilmington when she came through because you literally could hear a pin drop people were paying it like not from not laughing like they were hanging on every word she had yeah. to say yeah, she's right. coming through nashville in a couple weeks i think nice. might have to grab, grab, a, grab a ticket yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody go. Everybody go see Beth or you're silly. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about the first, you know, little bit of in Chicago. Like when you first started getting people's attention, you know, maybe got on some showcases, got on some shows here or there. Like what were what was the what did early success in Chicago look like? So I'd say first beginning early days in Chicago, people were 
not a fan. They were not on board. <laughs> um, people, I think people, when I say people, I'm, I'm talking and I would describe it as like, there's sort of this like male, male fraternity energy on the North side of Chicago. Sometimes um, those dudes did not, did not fuck with it. They were not on board. And that's not, that's not, you know, there's no hard feelings now, but it's just like, that's just the reality of the situation. And so. Was it because it was different? It was new? Like they did, you caught them off guard? I I think it's because it was, it was music. I think that they didn't like it was music. And also to be, to be completely fair to them, I wasn't very good yet. I had this, (laughs) I had this vision of what I wanted it to be, but like, if you think of if you think of how many times you have to get up and say a joke to get the rhythm right mm-hmm. imagine it takes i would be very you know like generous and say it probably takes twice as much to get a song to that level because a song is so high energy and also a joke if it doesn't land you can move on to something else a song you have to sit in it for the entire minute or two or three minutes that the song lasts. Yeah. So if it's not working, you have to sit in that. So basically what I started to do was because I was going in these rooms and I didn't really feel like I was being respected and I didn't feel like it was a valuable use of my time is I started to go to Mike's on the South and the West side of Chicago. And even though Chicago, I would like to think we've come very far. Unfortunately, it is still a somewhat segregated city. So these were primarily all black rooms. And I would go in those rooms and they don't really care who you are or what your credits is. Credits are, they care, are you funny right now? Yeah, yeah. And so basically, like, I, w- I would take stuff that I thought was maybe ready to do a showcase and I would go do it at those mics. And if it would do well, then I would be like, this is solid. Cause it's like, I've, I've seen people bomb in those rooms. And especially right. because I was an outsider in those rooms, I really had to bring my a game. So basically once the comedians who were in those rooms started to respect and accept me, it's funny how, the North side comedians started to change their tune. And I also think that the pandemic was a huge help for me because when I had all that time in the house, before then I was kind of concerned about impressing the the dudes at the back who didn't respect me. I was like, oh, I want them to respect me. I want them to think I'm funny. Let me me just play their game. If I just do the thing that they think I should be doing, then maybe they'll like me. And the pandemic, I kind of just, I missed performing so much that I was like, I swear to God, if I get on a, if I'm able to get on a stage again, I'm not going to give a shit. I'm just going to do what I want to do. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to, I'm just going to be me. And I think that that changed more than anything, more than the South side, West side comics, accepting me more than me working hard and getting better it really, I think it really came down to me just being like, I'm going to get on stage and I'm going to worry about the audience. I'm not going to worry about these fuckers in the back. I'm going to worry about the audience who in the audience is going to love what I have to say because nobody else on the stage tonight has said it. Right. That's awesome. That's yeah. Once you can remove the politics, it's such a freeing 
I'm currently in the process of trying to do that, <laughs> of removing removing the politics from my He'll brain to focus it. on focus. Yeah. I will to focus on the audience and what I'm saying and that kind I've of been stuff. Yeah, that's this great. Dude, through this for like two years and now. Bert, Mr. Bert it down. <laughs> and I will I will say like I'm fairly you know new in comparison to Drew, and I don't think it ever goes away. Like I do think. Oh there yeah, are of still, course. There are still, I mean, even last night I experienced in the green room, there are still those people who want to cut you down to size and make you feel mm -hmm. this big, but it's really more of a reflection of you than them. Yeah. You have bigger fish to fry. You, you're yeah. trying to get better and be funny. So if they want to talk down to you and look down on you and, and try mm -hmm. to make you feel inferior, the best thing you can do is just ignore them and not let them. I know I sound like a mom or an after school. Yeah, yeah. Special. Leave them alone, honey. Yeah, but seriously, I think no, the best I... thing that you can do is just not yeah. engage and and focus on getting your stuff better because right, right. I mean, like like we I... all just commented on Vulture. You know what I mean? Like it's always gonna be like that. You know, yeah. <laughs> just these things where you're like, all right. Yeah. I just love being so that like grossly nice that they see in their face like, why am I being mean to this dude? <laughs> yeah, like. I, yeah. I, I love when they see like i this guy's not why, why am i being an ass this is stupid stupid this is why, comedy this is, why I, this is why i bully drew <laughs> this is why will bullies me no i, I don't i don't yeah. he does please help i me. feel like i feel like i'm equal parts i I've, i'm i'm equal parts kill them with kindness and cardi b's lyrics if i see you and don't speak that means i don't fuck with you i'm equal parts yeah i love it yeah yeah some days i don't have the some days i don't have the energy i'm like no i don't you. like me it is what it is I, yeah. yeah i you know i i agree with that statement i, I i'll say that i like to I, I like to be equal parts of those two things that's awesome yeah when drew's like not like that's when drew's not talking i'm like oh he's not happy right now well also i just don't uh, care like i can easily yeah, yeah, just yeah. go to my happy right. place and not be sucked into the you know like i i, I spent my 20s being a negative person so sure. like, i just don't have time for it now so yeah. if i'm in a situation and it's negative vibes i just i'm out go away <laughs> i'm right. out mentally I, you know yeah and i'm not yeah. saying you're a talkative person in general but like <laughs> hey, i was about to say i'm not talking but, to anyone's head off yeah but like when we're on the road you usually can find a common ground with pretty much anyone we meet whether that yeah. be like sports or wellington wrestling. Or, or wrestling like, like whatever it is you know like you, but if you're just like not i'm like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> like he's not into this at all <laughs> all right let's, let's get out of here <laughs> yeah. Yeah. which i think i'm a lot like drew in terms of that like it yeah it's pretty easy for me to find common i, I even like there are people who I've had negative interactions with in the past that have I've since moved forward and we're cool now. Like I really, again, I, I just don't like to hold on to stuff. I have bigger fish to fry and I have Same. such like, I have such dreams and goals that I'm really just like, let's just show up and do the work and, and just leave all that at the door. And so, yeah, mm -hmm. it's like, if I, if I, if I have to actively avoid somebody in a, in a workplace scenario, like, I'm that's sad. I feel bad that they carry that much negative energy Same. that I literally can't be in the room with them because I am not that way at all. I see, I, I to a fault see the good in people. So yeah, yeah. it takes a lot. I like to tell you, I'll, I'll see the bad in people real quick and be like, I'm done. Yeah. And, uh, 
I think I, I, I just blame the Irish side of me. That's just like, well, I should let go of this thing because of the one thing they said seven years ago, and I still can't get over it. But there's still this thing where I'm like, I don't even know, but I'll be like, no, I have to. I hate them, and I'll never give them another chance unless there's like something. Then it's like, if we, like kind of what you were just saying, like maybe there's like a green room experience, and you're like, oh, they're actually okay. Maybe that was an off night, but unless that interaction happens, like this old yeah. brain's got a whole whole chest yeah. of uh, yeah, and I've, I've I've had a few experiences where like it's those like it's like those small silly like comedy snub moments where it's like you like oh, for yeah. example you read you reach out in advance and they're like oh yeah we'll put you on you know like the the showcase or the mic we'll give you a really You're good on the spot. list. And you get there and you like aren't on the list right, and you're, like very last and it's yeah. are, they, are they like they're, like you know what i mean it's funny because i have friends who are like oh no i would leave and not do the spot but then hold the grudge for eight years it's it's the, <laughs> it's i don't know what it is in me but it's like i'm like no i'm not gonna react i'm just gonna stay and i'm just gonna fucking murder like that's all like that's my i'm like let me just stay yeah, and do yeah. the thing and just do really really well and then hopefully in the future, there's not any of this weird like negging energy. Yeah, in New York, we uh, we had a buddy that set us up a nice week of shows, so we weren't really doing mics, which we we were doing mics in between, but we actually had shows to be on, and we we're very grateful for it. But we went to this one show, and they pulled the like I I'd talked to this dude like two weeks prior, and he pulled the Who are you? What? Yeah, we did what? Uh... Uh, huh? Yeah, but yeah, 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 no, we'll put you up. We'll put you up. And then like 20 comics go up and I'm like, hey, man, what's you know, like I've been here for like two and a half hours. Like, I'm just saying, like, I'm not telling you how to run your show. Like, just was I just need to know what's up. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we'll put you up. And I was like, I'm done. And I just I got the guys yeah. there with and I was like, I'm not. He's never going to put us up. This is stupid. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like it's a difficult balance in what we do, because it's like, I feel like if you value your time or you value your finances or you, or you value your mental health, people are like, well, you don't really care about this. Like you got to fucking, <laughs> you got to fucking be willing to be in the trenches. It's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I hear you. However, if we had an understanding, if we had a conversation that you were going to put us up, I don't think it's, I don't think it's wrong of you to be a little confused that you then are there for two and a yeah. half hours. Yeah. And what yeah. a New York thing too, that you're there for two and a half hours. The show still probably has two and a half more yeah, hours. No, thank <laughs> I don't, but I didn't have that in me, but I mean, I'm, I'm programmed in my brain to just be like, just shut up, take what you're given. Don't ever yeah. complain about anything. Smile. Say thank yeah. Thank you for having me. Right. You know, like I just, yeah. that was beaten into my brain at, at, at such a young age. Like, thank you. Appreciate you. No, no, you're slapping me in the face and not paying me the money you pay. Thank you. Appreciate you. Yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah. And that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's something that's like, I feel like I'm trying to like, I'm trying to find a balance because I, there, I am so, I'm so predisposed to doing the same thing as you drew where i'm just like thank you so much i love being mistreated thank you yeah, yeah. um thank you yeah. for the guest spot with no money i love you know what i mean but it's like i'm trying to find a balance of like is this okay like if if this opportunity is not gonna grow me serve me or make me happy and yeah, growth yeah. can be many things it'd be financial my act is getting better um 
serve means that like maybe you know like it's a good it's it's a fun environment good experience makes me happy you can sit around it two out for two hours if it's a if it's a joyful you know what i mean i just think life so many right. things have, a lot have of happened different for things me that good. Yeah. yeah like life is i yeah. think life is too short to sit around and be miserable and i think that the, the reason why a lot of people unfortunately get disillusioned and bitter is because they they don't they don't take the time to value themselves and they mm -hmm. they let people um push them down and push them down and and can't find a way to pull themselves back up and i'm not saying like i'm not trying to talk about people with depression and anxiety and like serious issues that like you can't just pull yourself up like i'm, right. I'm not talking about that it's just like i do think at a certain i do think sometimes though with this with this like intense negativity that is very rampant in what we do I do think at a certain point, some of those people will have to have to actively choose to not yeah. be that way, or it's never going to change. Not just sit in it, you know, because they yeah. they yeah. they they do the same circuit for five straight years back to back, and then hate the shows they do. I'm like, well, yeah, you show up and you just like, nope, here's this again. Yeah, yeah. That was weird early on is you meet your first just like dead behind the eyes, mad they're still doing this road comic, and you're like, oh yeah there's a whole side of this i yeah. didn't know about <laughs> you know because i mean in your small in your scenes when you're starting out you're sheltered from that you don't see mm -hmm. the old road dog that's just bitter and, and when you and meet when that you first one like, and you're like yeah. Oof. yeah and like when and you come I across have... like that first road dog road dog yeah. you're like oh boy yeah, yeah. but and i've I, had some I positive just... experiences with it yeah Sorry. Well, it's like I've I've met some really positive people. I've met some people like you said that are just like weather beaten and like not happy anymore. And I guess I don't know. Like maybe I'm maybe I'm too young and too naive. And somebody who's older and more experienced will listen to this podcast and be like, "Fuck you, Jamie Schreiner." But <laughs> the way that I the way that I feel right now, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, is that if if this ever stops being fun for me, if I ever stop feeling joy doing this, I'm not gonna do it anymore. Yeah. Life is way too yeah. short. Why why continue it's why too continue hard of a to thing do things? Do. Yeah. It's it's too hard of a thing to do. It's you're putting yourself in way too vulnerable a place to not get joy out of it. It's supposed right. to be joyful. We're making people laugh. I know that there's a bunch of politics and stupid shit with it, but if you stop remembering why you started doing it in the first place and you stop having fun, then what the fuck are we doing here? Yeah, that that was a conversation I had to have with myself over the weekend because I canceled this first time ever I've canceled road shows. I had like a bunch of like shows lined up over the weekend and I woke up Thursday morning. Well, the Thursday show fell through and that was the big moneymaker. And when that fell through, I was like, all right, I need to reevaluate all of this. And then when I, you know, by the end of the weekend, I was like, well, the thing I love most is performing and doing the act of stand-up comedy. So what's making me miserable is the everything else. So let's try and <laughs> rework the everything. everything else because at least I still like, you know, I like look forward to being on stage. Like just now I was like, oh, maybe I'll do a mic later. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I do yeah. enjoy stand-up comedy, but just the everything else can be very tiresome. And it's like, you got to yeah. separate the two things sometimes. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I, I'm never trying to discredit like I, I, anybody listening, please understand, like I understand and I've lived everything around it being bullshit. Like I, I know that right. everything around it can be bullshit. And that's why I'm telling you as somebody who knows that and has lived that, 
you have to have hobbies and things outside of stand up and you have <laughs> to take part. care of yourself. You have mm-hmm. to take care of yourself. Or no, you Jamie, will... you have to be at an open mic seven nights a week, beating this into the <laughs> ground. What are you talking about? If what you're is, not at an I, open I, mic every night, what are you doing? Well, I am. Friends. I, I will say, I will say, resting is working. Um, coming up with new jokes or hanging out with friends that are not stand-up comedians is giving you life experiences that you could perhaps talk about that regular people who is the people that come to see comedy shows relate to. And that is why I am a huge proponent of, yes, Mike, yes, get up. I'm not saying don't, don't do those things. I'm just saying it's, it's balance. It's like a balance. And I, cause there are people listening who are like, (laughs) those grand, grand, grand people, I'm telling you, it's just like having a balanced diet. If all you eat is carrots all day, every day, yeah, that's healthy food, but you're going to be shitting your brains out. You need, need a little orange. protein. You, yeah. You need a little, you need a little like multi-grain bread. You need an avocado for some fatty acids. Oh, like, you yeah. can't just do one thing. You got to You know right. what I mean? I hear you. I just said to myself just, you know, yesterday I was sat down to, you know, take stock in the jokes I was working on and kind of seeing where I was at with like my open mic material. And I was like, I got to get out of the house. I got to live a little bit, yeah. you know, I got nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, cause I usually keep my ideas in my phone and then I'll translate them to a notebook, like to try to punch it up and, you know, get tags and get, get like, what is this <laughs> yeah. joke? About? One setting is the kitchen. One setting is the living room. One setting is your bedroom. One setting is the yard. <laughs> and that's when you were like, like, like all your set, like all the jokes. Oh about yeah. Like it's all around talking the about the house. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That didn't register. Dude. Sorry. Well, like, I'm sorry. I will, I will come for my own neck and I will say I have been, I have been living my life and having great experiences with my friends. And I've been lucky to be doing some fun shows and showcases. My ass needs to get back to an open mic. I don't think I've done an open mic in like three weeks. And yeah. that is, do, that's, my that. that's my bad. That's my bad. I'm, I'm guilty, guilty of that. Yeah. And so that's why I'm not trying to like if you are going to mics every night, good for you. I'm just saying I hope that you're working on new material and and listening to your sets and changing things because I don't always see that happening. But I personally yeah. need to get my ass back out to the mics and no, I, I, this I hear, I'm very it guilty of that yeah, into same. the world. And no, and I and I'm and I love to poke fun at the people that are like you got to be at mics every night. But no, I mean that comes from a little bit of guilt that I'm not out there. So uh, at the end of the day, you have to do what works for you yeah everyone writes jokes differently everyone takes this approach differently you gotta find well, out look at us yeah. being a comedy podcast saying you gotta do what works for you i mean and it's like i already said it like i if since i do music and since half my act is music half of my act i can't really mic i have to just get it to a presentable enough place to do a showcase because again nobody wants to hear songs at an open mic. So I really yeah. only go to open yeah. mics if I have in between bits to that work need on. work. Yeah. Now, yes. do you make, do you make, how, let's talk a little bit of the music for a second before we get out of here. How, do you come up with your own beats? Do you make your own beats? So I'd say it's about a 50, 50 split. So I okay. will, I will, I will take my first crack at it. I have a little okay. MIDI keyboard that I plug okay. into logic pro and I will try yeah. to make my own beat like Sandy pussy. That beat is a hundred percent me. Yes. Um, if if the if the beat gets a little bit like if I if I want more for it and I'm like oh I don't know how to do this I have two really good friends Ioka Sass and Jake DeWar both of them I reach out to it and they sometimes will flush out and finish out my tracks work their magic um, work their magic on it yeah so I think Jake DeWar has done 
cows. Uh, he did so small. He did kill all the men. Um, and then Ayoka has helped me with recently. They did soft bitch. They did hiss the bad. Clint, I did that one, which you can tell because it's not the you know what I mean. Like it's some, the, the more the more rude. That I I will be honest, the ones that are more rudimentary probably all okay. me. The ones yeah, that fair. sound a little bit more you know filled out, I probably got help. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean that's it's awesome. We have a team though. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. Now I, I have to ask your favorite song to perform. Like if you're like I'm doing this set for me, what song are you doing? I'm doing this set for me. What song am I doing? I love, I love doing Where's Your Clit. I don't know that that will ever get old to me. <laughs> when I, when, when I had the epiphany that I have a whole stage to use and started doing the part where I run around the stage looking for it, just the, the laughter following it. That's one that definitely like, even when I've done it in rooms where I thought it was going to fail because I thought they were going to be too uptight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. still still killed so oh, that's it's like fantastic. yeah that's one that is just my it just gets people giggling it gets people giggling yes that's awesome like it's too silly for you to take this seriously and get mad at me come on exactly well what uh what you got what projects you got i know you got the thank you for dropping the 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 album news here yeah first, you yeah. It first but uh exclusive uh, yeah. here on my funny friends yeah but, uh, so that's yeah. This will come um, that vulture. <laughs> so that Friday, I think it's the 15th, my music video for the Halloween fall autumnal theme. I'm yeah. not gonna say the title. I'm not gonna say the title of it. That will be coming out on Friday. That is yes. one that I'm super excited to put out just because it's Look at um, this timing. one of Perfect. the dumbest ideas I've ever had. So I'm excited <laughs> to put it and then yeah. Where can they find that at on your YouTube page? It's on my YouTube. So if you search on YouTube, Jamie Schreiner, it's spelled J-A-M-I-E, the correct way. Schreiner, it's kind of like a shrine with R at the end. Yeah, it's on my YouTube. I yeah. probably will post on Instagram as well, but YouTube, you should awesome. watch it there because it'll look beautiful and big. And Look at yeah. that. It, it'll be theatrical. We'll make, we'll make sure we put links to all of it up there for you and all that good yeah. stuff. So yeah. where, all can, where else can they find you online to push all your stuff? So yeah, you can find me, like I said, on YouTube. I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I have jamieshriner.com. jamieshriner.com is where I post all my show dates. So definitely uh, put that in your in your favorites tab on your browser so you can come to my album recording uh, yeah. if you live near Chicago. It's going to be next April, 2023. So Love it. Amazing. Jamie, thank yeah. you so much. I appreciate you. I appreciate uh, you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Yeah. Thanks for doing it. Uh, as always, Woo! hit that subscribe button. Check out my special that just dropped on this YouTube page based on a Drew story. Watch based that. on a Drew hit story. Subscribe button. Check out all the great Project Nerd content. Again, thank you to Project Nerd for having us part of their podcast family. Share us with all your family friends. We'll see you next time. Uh, 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 uh,